Jesus, thank you that your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. Thank you, Father, that your mercies are new every morning. And on this day, Lord, we, we look to you once again, a brand new day, a beautiful day, a gift that, of life that you've given to us. And we declare that your grace is sufficient, your mercies are new. Jesus, we say that we love you. We are here to, to worship you, to, to hear from you through, through the preaching of your word, through the singing of songs. And thank you that we can gather together as your children and, and celebrate you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good day everyone. And uh, it's such a privilege for me to be able to encourage you this morning from the Word of God. And I don't want to waste any time because I'm so excited about what God has got for, for us today um, in the encouragement. Please won't you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 1. And um, as you turn there, I just want to give a bit of context to this scripture. Um, Ephesians was a letter that Paul wrote, not to a specific church or to a specific group of people, but he, he wrote it to the saints in Ephesus. That's what the first couple of verses says. So this letter, it, it was a circular letter that was written for all churches and all people. And I say that because the encouragement that I want to give to you right up front is that what God wants to do on earth here today is not limited or the weight of it doesn't rest more upon the full-time ministers or clergymen, if I can say that. Paul is speaking to the saints in Ephesus. So I'm, I'm exhorting you, won't you listen with an open ear? Won't you open your heart this morning to hear what uh, Paul is writing in the book of Ephesus. So in the first chapter, the first half from verse 1 to 14, the theme is a praise to Jesus. We read about this beautiful description of who Jesus is and the inheritance that we have in him. And please go and spend some time reading uh, chapter 1. I'm only going to be concentrating on, on verse 22 and 23. So the second part of the chapter, verses 15 to 23, is a prayer for the church. And this is the Paul praying for the church and praying that the church takes the fullness of Jesus everywhere that they go. So we see this praise for Jesus and we see this prayer for the church. We we see the exhortation to lift up the name of Jesus, to come to him and to, to be devoted to him. And, and then we, we read about the, the going and the being of, of the church. It's such a beautiful portion of scripture. If I can also just use a couple of verses to recap where we've been in the last couple of weeks uh, on our Sunday gatherings. In Ephesians 1 verse 17, it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And Pete shared an incredible message last week. He used the illustration of hiking up a mountain as a group of people and having a guide in front and behind, and how we are hemmed in between 
the word of God that leads us, the word of God that gives us wisdom, and behind us, we are shepherded by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that gives us the revelation. And this is what verse 17 says. It says, Paul is praying and he says, I pray that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the word and the Holy Spirit. For what reason? So that we may know him more. And I was thinking about what Pete preached on last week and that journey that we are on. We are on, we journey up through the valleys of life and up on top of the, of the mountaintops. That journey is so that we may know Jesus more. And this is the prayer that Paul is praying. In verse 18, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And two weeks ago, Pierre preached about blind Bartimaeus who couldn't see physically, but with the eyes of his heart, he recognized the son of David and he cried out to Jesus. Bartimaeus could see something that, that people who could see in the natural couldn't see spiritually. And, and Jesus delivered Bartimaeus and, and because of what he could see with his spiritual eyes. And isn't it amazing to... I felt the Lord lead me to this portion of Scripture in Ephesians 1 and how the Lord has led us over these last couple of weeks. The, 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 the eyes of our hearts, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And today I'm going to be concentrating on Ephesians 1 verse 22 to 23. Let's read together. And God placed all things under his feet. That's Jesus and he appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now this portion of scripture basically summarizes what I've just told you about the two halves of Ephesians 1. The first portion, verse 22, it talks about the praise of Jesus. And the, the second half, verse 23, it talks about the the prayer for the church and, and the role that we play as the church. Verse 22, and God placed all things under his feet. Now talking about feet, when I was in high school, I was in grade eight, and um, there was this matric scholar who played for the first team rugby. He was a prop. He was an enormous human being. And now as a little small grade eight he looked ginormous one of the biggest human beings that 18 year olds that i had ever seen he must have weighed over 100 kilograms but the thing that struck me was the size of his foot he had a size 13 rugby boot and i think a size 13 is about that big and it was it was quite bizarre because he had to have his shoes specially made for him. He couldn't buy a size 13 rugby boot at that time. But this guy was a machine. He would be walking through the, um, the corridors at school and you would just, by human nature, move to the side and greet him with a good morning, sir. You know, he, he was a beast. And everything that his foot trod on, he dominated. So when I read this portion of scripture again recently, God placed everything under his feet. I was thinking this guy had dominion over everything. When, when this 
guy went into the ruck of a, ruck, a rugby game, whatever was under his feet, just did not experience much pleasure. Now that's looking at somebody who, who had a physically big foot. But then I was also reminded of David, a young boy who slayed the giant Goliath. He threw his stone using his sling. He cut off Goliath's head. And then I can picture David going and standing on the body of Goliath and just praising God. That enemy of David's was under his foot, but David's foot must have been a lot smaller. You know, so just in thinking about this, you know, and, and reading here that God has placed everything under the feet of Jesus, we need to remind ourselves about how big Jesus is. We need to remind ourselves about the authority that God has given to him. In Ephesians 1 verse 20 and 21, it further explains this. It says that God raised Christ from the dead and he seated him at the right hand in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. So God has placed under the feet of Jesus, all rule, all authority, all power, all dominion is his, every name. Can, can you see the picture of Jesus here? Jesus is amazing. He's massive and we can't lose sight of that. Paul is saying that we should be obsessed with Jesus growing ever larger in our hearts and in our minds. I think sometimes as a church we suffer from little Jesus syndrome. You know, we, we forget about how great Jesus is. He, we almost limit him to this plastic ash, action figure, you know, that we can carry around in our, in our back pockets. And when we need Jesus, we kind of pull him out. Jesus is not a spare wheel that we haul out when we are in great need. No. And, and you know, if we walk around with a little Jesus syndrome, our, we worship without awe. We pray without faith. We suffer without perseverance. And folks, I want to encourage us this morning. Let's not forget who Jesus is. Let's remind ourselves of the greatness of Jesus. In Acts 2, the early church, they devoted themselves to the prayer, word, fellowship, and communion. That word devoted means to attend continuously to something with intense effort, to persist, to persevere. So what the early church did is they attended continuously with intense effort to pray. They attended continuously with intense effort to the apostles' teaching. They attended continuously with intense effort to the fellowship. And they attended continuously with intense effort to communion. They devoted themselves. They persisted. They persevered. How is our devotion to Jesus? It goes on to say, And then awe came upon every soul, and mighty signs and deeds were done. You know, often we want to experience the awe, but we don't want, we want it without the devotion. Guys, 
God has called us to devote our lives first and foremost to Jesus. We are coming to him. How do we apply that to our lives? There is, there is more of Jesus for us. We all need more of Jesus. And can I encourage you that now more than ever, we pursue Jesus more. We keep asking, we keep seeking, we keep knocking. Make room for Jesus in your life. Rearrange your calendar, rearrange your day if you need to, so that you can make room for Jesus. And then in verse 23, it's, so it says that God placed everything under his feet and he appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So what is Paul saying about the church? What is the church? The church is the body. What does the body do? The body carries the fullness of Jesus and will fill everything in every way. We, the church, the body, are connected to the head, which is Christ, which has everything under his feet. The church is not a building. It's, it is a body. It's not an activity. It's an identity. It's not a program, but it's the people of God who have been saved by the power of God for the purposes of God. The church is all of God's people that are on mission every single day to take the fullness of Jesus everywhere, at every moment, to every place. This is what Paul is saying. Doesn't, doesn't that excite you? That is amazing. When I read it this week, I was like, come on, we've, we've got a job to do. God has entrusted us to take the fullness of Jesus as we experience him, as we come to know this Jesus and take him to the world. Paul had a vision of this Jesus-empowered church, a Jesus-shaped church, a church that looked like Jesus, that walked like Jesus, that spoke like Jesus, a church that, take, that took the fullness of Jesus to every corner of culture and to every sphere of society. Guys, I want to encourage you. God has placed you, if you haven't realized it by now, but you are a missionary. He has placed you in your workplace and he is encouraging you to take the fullness of Jesus to that place. What does it mean for us to be his fullness, the body? We are the primary way to manifest his presence, to fill every nook and cranny of society with the fullness of Jesus. Oh man, this, this so excites me. I've been praying and thinking about this for months now and just getting a, a, almost a fresh and a new revelation of who we are called to be as the church. If I can put it into an illustration, think of an aquarium. The water in the aquarium will flow into every crack and to every crevice of that aquarium. It'll fill, go in between rocks and crevices, and the water fills that aquarium. We as the church have been called to go and take the fullness of Jesus into every crack and crevice of society. But that responsibility lies with you and with me. Do you carry the fullness of Jesus into every area of your life? I want to conclude this message by referring back to Matthew 28. Jesus, just before he left earth, he 
commissioned his disciples and he said, go and make disciples. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to observe the commandments that I've taught you. Number one, he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit. This is lifting up the name of Jesus. This is commissioning us to identify our lives with Jesus. When we are baptized in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are immersed in the Trinity and the person of the Godhead. But then he said, go and teach them to observe. Jesus didn't say, go and teach them my commandments. He said, go and teach them to observe. Teach them to ob obey. And guys, this, what we have read here today, it, it, it would not be good if we didn't apply this to our lives. And that's the encouragement that I want to leave us with. As we go into this week, this week, would you take a moment? Would you take a moment to think about what has been said here, the, the great and beautiful commission that Jesus has given to us? What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with our relationship of Jesus? Do, do we want more of him? What are we going to do about taking the fullness of Christ into society? Jesus said, teach them to observe teach them to obey. So we need to identify with Jesus and we actually need to give some action to that. I, I hope this encourages you. I, um, I have such an expectation that, that God wants to do something incredible through the body of Christ. You know, we, we, are, Christ, we are a body that needs to stretch out. We need to remain jointed together and, and reach out to our community. Because this is what God wants us to do. Can I pray for us and encourage us as we go? Heavenly Father, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would breathe a breath of life into us. God, as a church, we cry out to you. We want more of you, Jesus. That is our simple prayer. We want more of you. We want to be devoted to you. We want to attend to you with perseverance and persistence. We cry to you, Jesus, come and fill us. Come and fill every household. Lord, we, we cry out to you, Jesus. And I pray also, Father, that as a body, Lord, that you would use us. Give us the grace and the strength to take the fullness of Jesus everywhere, at every moment, to every place. Thank you, God, that we can celebrate in this today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.